Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We do this every day. I'm Pat Mulroy, the supervisor of the World of Learning Institute. The World of Learning Institute provides a virtual instruction in world languages and courses like calculus and chemistry when it's difficult for a school or district to find a teacher. We're here today to talk to you about staying relevant. And we try to do that every day while we're making virtual learning authentic, relevant, and engaging. And if you want more information about that, you can contact me at P. Mulroy, that's Pat P. Mulroy, M-U-L-R-O-Y, at worldoflearninginstitute.com for more information. So today I have Lauren McMinn, who has been a frequent guest on this podcast, and Ann Myers, who is one of our Latin teachers. Um, so Ann, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So I know you're coming off um, the wedding of one of your children. So uh, we were just talking about before we got started, um, just how exhausting that can be. Like when your children <laughs> get grown up, you think that only exhaustion is when you have little teeny tiny ones running around. It was quite like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So um, I'm glad you're um, feeling a little bit more energized today. I know when we talked yesterday, um, you were still feeling drag. So I took a two hour nap right after that. Yeah. So, so welcome to the podcast. We're really glad to hear um, from you today. And Lauren, you're going to get a real education about maybe some of the, the early beginnings. I know, Anne, you started, I think with me when I was still blended schools, right? Yes. So we were still blended schools. I think you went through that period of time when it, we got bought. Yes. And then we left and went to the IU, right? Yes. So Lauren, that's, she's like the originals and is like, I, I have so much respect for the originals uh, way before my time. And I love hearing about this. It's like story time. I'm like, tell me more Pat about, about the olden times, about the old days. <laughs> yeah, this is back when there were still tubes in the computers, right? <laughs> no, and seriously, like you, you know, how long ago, I mean, Time-wise, I don't know, maybe 10, 11? Something. I actually started distance learning um, when my youngest was born, and that would have been 2001. Um, I I was going online, but it was more like being on the phone, um, yeah. except that it was like multiple lines, you know. Um, and I would use things like this tool called Scribbler, um, which was kind of like a whiteboard that everybody could access. Not a bad tool, um, but oh, we'll have to mark that one down. No like, cameras, no cameras. Um, yeah. yeah, but able to talk to the kids and able to chat, you know. Um, so that was way back in the early 2000s when, you know, when, you know, I have seen the uh, evolution of email and then it went to being to able to, what did they call that when you could just chat with somebody and it would pop oh, up? Instant messenger. Instant messenger. Yeah. IMing. <laughs> I told yeah. you that was in my memory. Um, <laughs> yeah, all of that. So it was back then, back when. Um, yeah. I remember when instant messenger started, I was a high school principal. It was AOL instant messenger, right? And it caused so much drama in school. <laughs> like nobody knew what to do with it. It was like, now it's like, 
how do you li not live with it? You know, we're all instant messaging all the time, you know, yes. educators as not early adopters, right? Yes. So, yeah, but that's awesome, man. So at what point did you, I mean, I know the world of learning, like, started probably out of Lehigh. I think somebody out there was doing it and then it was, um, is that, is that when you kind of came in? I was on the board of blended schools, I think then when they first added a world language component, cause you might've been even worked with Yvonne, right? I, I have a hard time remembering like those years solidly because I wasn't just working online, right? Um, doing brick and mortar as well. So it all gets kind of fuzzy on the resume, um, you know, like when when this was and when that was. Yeah. Um, I think blended schools might have started around 2007. At least I did. Um, yeah. Blended schools. And then maybe by 2011, 2012, it was world of learning for me. Yeah. So there were like four or five years of transitioning mm -hmm. in there. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds yeah. about right. See, your memory's better than you think. You're almost <laughs> like a computer there. <laughs> so Lauren, what question would you have for Anne about her experience from like those early days of Scribbler to um, where she's gotten now? That's a great question, Pat. Um, you know, I guess I wonder about, you know, seeing tools, you know, tech tools come in and out of favor and you know people's reliance on certain tools or gravitation towards certain tools how do you what has i guess it's a two-part question i wonder you know what has stood the test of time what has been the common thread that you've seen um, that has outlasted all the different you know fluctuations and what people are gravitating towards tech wise and then what do you are, did it does it ever make you feel a little skeptical when new tool, tools come out and you think yeah i've seen something like that i don't you know i know that's not for me um have you seen like tools come back around um, or anything that you feel like has continued that has been like sort of a hallmark for you that you could go back to again and again? I think anything that um, prompts collaboration is going to stand the test of time. And really, honestly, the old fashioned Blackboard is still out there in different capacities. Um, and I think, um, you know, the whole small group idea, like when I first started teaching, it was all cooperative learning was the buzzword. And, mm -hmm. and my principal would come in and be like, oh, this is just imagined in different ways and um a new tool is probably an old idea just jazzed up mm -hmm. uh, most uh, almost all the time there is nothing new under the sun <laughs> that is so true that is so true I, and i love it and that you talked about collaboration tools because i think you know early on blackboard probably did they were like the first person who got it in there and now um, Lauren, what's that company? Is it called Class? Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Class for Zoom. So Class for Zoom are, um, is the folks who used to, um, who started Blackboard and and did the collaborate part where it was the the virtual. So, you know, we, we looked at that, but it was really taking a long time to get up to speed for things like Chromebooks, which 
most of our schools and kids use. You know, we're not in, you know, any of those real elite schools that have um, all Macs for their kids, you know, and so we we tried it because it, we had, it did. It had a lot of those great things, those great features that Blackboard Collaborate had. You know, it gave you a class list and you could do seating charts and there were a lot, there are, there are a lot of really good things. So we've kind of hung in there with it because we know that it's kind of really great, but um, we also know that teachers don't love when you roll out a whole bunch of new things all at once. Um, so, you know, and we've also stood the test of time with you, right? So yes, um, you've been teaching, I mean, you and I have obviously collaborated since the blended schools days. I think I started working with blended schools. I was on the board back in 2007 when I was a school, when I was a school administrator. Um, and I loved like being around people and leaders who wanted to innovate, which was awesome. Um, and I found also that like the people who wanted to work with that were also, you know, a little bit fearless, um, willing to try, willing to fail because, um, you know, tech, tech fails. It does. It does. Well, not like, like, in like a classroom of in brick and mortar. I mean, it's <laughs> teaching can fail in so many ways. <laughs> it really can. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. gonna. You know, I mean, I agree. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're brick and mortar or online, but but I think some people are more afraid of the tech because they don't know how to like fix it. Like my yeah. keyboard, my keyboard. I can't make my keyboard work on my current computer, so I had to like grab another one. But yeah. um, for you, like you know, over time, like what's helped you stay relevant? I mean, you like I said, you've been with us, so you like as Lauren intimated like and I love the collaboration side but what kind of has helped you to stay relevant as as you've worked in the virtual space um well I think I have had to have more conversations with my students about um you know what works best for them with their learning and you just have those days when maybe there are tech issues or um you know, you've just come off a holiday or, or things like that, that are normal um, down days. Um, and you just like have to step back and relax a little bit and say, okay, this isn't working. You know, it's all, it's all about persistence. It's like, this isn't working. So we're going to try this. Um, we're going to call in some expert if we need an expert today. And, um, that's that's really is what keeps it relevant, I think, because you're not jumping ahead uh, to tomorrow. Um, you you stay in the present and you figure it out for today. I really like that because I was thinking about that. You know, like what makes us what makes someone relevant, right? And teaching wise, like loving your students and communicating with them is never going to go out of style right so from the beginning of time you know caring about your students and and trying to reach them i mean that's that will never that will never be passe <laughs> no no that's true and i i mean i think we were you know as we were kind of pre-show talking about relationships and families you know we said that those relationships are work and you know i know that we have since since I came on board and I think Yvonne tried to do it too, just to have this open communication and to use the tools to collaborate with people across miles because none of us live near each other. Like right now, 
you know, I'm sitting in the Pocono mountains, Anne's down in Lancaster and Lauren, you're up in Boston, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, and we can have these conversations and we can support each other, you know, through the tools that we have, um, you know, so I, I really think that, you know, and you said, well, relationships are hard work. You don't just get lucky at it. Right. It's like, it takes a lot of work and a lot of communication and, and setting your boundaries, um, you know, about expectations and needs and, you know, those kinds of things. And I think that's how, you know, you know, we're, I feel like that's how we're able to do so well because we have great people um, working with us. And I also think that it takes work. Like we have to give something in order, you know, to get, so I don't know. I'll let you two pick it up from there. Yeah, it makes me think about too with with Latin specifically, and you know, since it is like such an old language, and you know, it makes me think about like in Paris when you're in the Latin Quarter, it's called that because that's where the universities are, and that's where you could hear professors and students speaking Latin outside of class. And um, you know, has there been like how has the the approach to teaching Latin kind of changed over time and the courses that you've created, they're so new and fresh and modern. Um, how do you, how, you know, sort of what has been the trends of Latin teaching? How have you incorporated that? I'm really interested in that too. Just, you know, it's such an old language and how do you make it feel fresh? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And um, I, one I've struggled with, honestly, because sometimes I am tied to a particular curriculum when I'm teaching and um, making it more relevant for the students is is really hard. Like, how do you take a textbook that is very traditional and make it have any meaning for the students? Mm -hmm. um, one thing that's made it easier is it's always been just me. So um, who's really paying all that much attention um, <laughs> if, if I go off you know, in my own direction every once in a while, as long as I'm like hitting, you know, most of what I'm supposed to do. Um, and yeah, so that's one thing. And then oh, I think I just love that we're redoing this course because what at, what at first when Olivia said to me, comprehensible input, I was like, what? <laughs> right uh, what does that even mean right like um so can i forget about that one too and she was like no, no you have to do it. there's expectations right you gotta work to get the love um and and so then i just she's like you know there's a there's these teachers out there on Facebook who can find groups that are doing it and I went and looked around and I was like you know I've been doing some of this all along mm -hmm. I just never made a commitment to it mm -hmm. um, I just went back and forth between uh, the comprehensible input and the even though I didn't know that I was doing that and the traditional way of doing things I would just you know go, go back and forth between the two but now I'm happy to have made the commitment to doing it this way because I think it's really going to work and have some value and be relevant. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's really cool. 
Yeah, because I think too that that comes with time too. You know, when I was like a brand new teacher, I was always looking for like the perfect worksheet or the perfect resource or the you know because you just need time and experience with students to really craft what you know, and it has to have a little bit of your flair too. That's what's so exciting about building a course is that you know, and you say, yeah, little old me in the corner, I can kind of cook up my own because the kids are feeding back into your course, right? So you can kind of determine the path. Um, when you're your own little island and I've definitely been there myself as the only French teacher in a school um, and it gives you so much you know life the creativity and freedom to do that kind of thing and um, I just think it's really amazing to speak with teachers you know where they are in their careers to feel like like they can really set out a whole curriculum and 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 build it um, and not to say that, you know, only experienced teachers can do that, you know, because it's always great to have a fresh set of eyes on things. You know, we had an intern over the summer working on a course, helping finding materials. And that's kind of, I feel like the perfect marriage is like having, you know, somebody with a lot of experience and then fresh eyes on it and always having people looking at your work to keep it relevant too. Um, I, know, I just really like hearing about your course building experience. Yeah. Tell me, um, Olivia was talking the other day, Ian, and she said, um, she said, when we went through the syllabus, I asked Anne what her favorite parts to teach were, like what she got really most excited about. And I think it was Kings and Gods was like, like on the list, you know, and we were talking about it and we were like, well, why can't you do what you're passionate about? Like you try, you know, I mean, obviously levels of passion can't stay like all the time there, you know, there, like you said, there needs to be some work in this, like thing but um how do you feel teaching that course now about you know that it's the gods of mount olympus you know um i think it's getting a good reception <laughs> too um yeah it seems to be going pretty well i know i have one girl she was a latin two student and she is a little bit hesitant she's like i don't know very much latin i didn't really learn all that much so um she doesn't think she did because we just did culture. She, so I'm like, well, it's going to be all right, you know, because you're going to learn these structures to use and they're just a little bit more added to them than the Latin one had. So, you know, it'll be fine. You know, you're not, it's not going to be uh, that big a deal. You're, it's review as well as uh, building upon um, what we, what we do in Latin one. And she seems to be um, doing all right with it. So that's awesome. That's one experience. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it does. It takes a lot of courage to take that leap of faith to try something that is really different. Um, but I also think, like, I don't know, having Lauren, Olivia, Aaron behind the scenes, um, you know, I feel like there's a safety net, you know. So if you, if you try something and then you would like say, hmm. It's not like you like, yes, you can close your door. We're not going to come and jump in every class and we're not going to go watch every video. That's just like impossible to do. Just like a building level administrator can't be in all those places all the time. But I feel like the communication between you all around what's happening gives us a really good insight about like levels of success, levels of frustration, levels of like, I need more resources. Um, um, yeah. And um Olivia is putting us into other course building, um, building courses, course building. Uh, anyway, um, 
into other courses that are being built so that we can take a look. And I haven't had a chance to do that, but I think that would be really valuable uh, for me to, when I catch my breath here, do that. Yeah. Yeah, we can learn so much from each other, even if it's a completely different topic, just kind of seeing how someone approaches something. Um, I think that that's like, that's we you start we talked about this a lot last year pat like the silos versus a network and talk about a way to stay relevant i mean because like you can be in your own world and just like feeding your own cycle of information at yourself and um it can feel really good to like be in your zone um right. but when you kind of tap into others and and see things through their lens um i feel like that's one of the best ways to stay relevant yeah i i like I think about like, as we innovate, I think, you know, we, we talked to one of the life skills teachers last year and we were talking about why giving them a language is so important. And I think one of the things that we do, you know, with teaching languages is we teach kids about things that they don't know. They, we teach them really about building relationships too. We teach them about culture and how to behave, you know, and how to respect and honor things that we don't know. You know, because when sometimes when you don't know something, then there's fear. And when there's fear, then we have that, you know, opportunity to behave badly, you know, because we, we want to protect what we know. Um, and uh, we talked about, Lauren, you and I talked about the comfort zone a couple uh-huh. weeks ago. And I think, you know, the comfort zone's great. And the bigger the comfort zone gets, the more skills you have there. But if you don't get out of that, and I think kids can find that in a community, like lots of people think the same, um, you know, they protect that area. You know, we all are a little bit tribal, you know, we want to protect what we know and love. And, um, and so I think, you know, it's hard to stretch out there, but I think that that's one of the things um, that I always applaud you for. And like, you know, you're always willing to try a new tool. You're always willing um to kind of think back, you know, like, okay, here, here I was, and I did this. And if I add this, like you said, what's it going to do for the kids? So, you know, and I've watched that over, over a long period of time. I mean, when I came, I think one of the schools we were working with was Southern Lehigh. Um, and do you remember them? Southern Lehigh. Southern Lehigh. <laughs> they, yeah, they, I think they had quite I a think bit. I think we did uh, work with them briefly maybe some middle school students or something. Yeah, I think we did middle school with them. They did like Japanese, Latin and Arabic, I think. And then we had a couple kids at the high school there then that would stick with it. Um, Mifflin County has been with us a long time, Ian. They have. Yes, That's like another one. Like, I mean, when I start thinking about, um, you know, Central York, Ellen and, uh, you know, our Chinese teachers have worked with Central York for a really long time. Yes. Uh, are there any other districts that you can think of that go way back that we've been, you know, that we still work with that um, I'm trying to think about? I had an old, I should, I was showing Lauren and those guys an old, um, I think, did you? Ever- the older ones are the ones that are more in um, the intermediate unit area anyway, like, um, oh. yeah, I just, I just think about like some of them. I think we we did some things with. Um, I'm trying to like Southern Tioga, was one of them maybe or Southern Huntington. You know, so there were some. They were they were small. Bedford Bedford School District was one that we did early on. Um, 
Yes, there's lots of lots of change, lots of growth. And I'm super excited that you've kind of done this with us, that we've um, we've kind of had a chance to talk about, you know, staying relevant. And I, and I think kind of like as we wind down and wrap up, I mean, I'm looking at the things that you talk about keeping you relevant is the collaboration, and, um, you know, using tools that help kids to collaborate and you know, things that you're able to do to collaborate and having been getting all wrapped up into what you're using, but always remember that, um, you know, you can, you can put that down. (laughs) You can, you can just have a conversation. (laughs) That is so true. That is so true. I think, and I think that's one of the things, like when you think about innovation, um, because it really isn't about the tools, right? right? I mean, the tools are just a vehicle to get to the outcome that you want, you know, like, so when you think about, you know, what our out, what, what outcome do we want? We want kids to be able to actually use the language. So this acquisition and not memorization, you know, so that it becomes part of, you know, who they are. And, and I'm just so glad you've been on this journey with us. Um, Me too. Yeah. I'm really glad. And so, um, in closing, you guys have anything you want to just kind of say as we wrap up? I'm super excited that we got to talk today. I'm super excited that you had a great time with your daughter's wedding. And Lauren. You and your son. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, <laughs> we both had weddings and it's awesome. Grown up kids. And Lauren, you have some news. Yep. We're moving. We finally found a house. And so um, closing towards the end of the month and and we'll be in our new house at the end of October, which is really exciting. And Lauren, exciting. Being, Congratulations. Yeah. Being part of the triangle, she'll be in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? Yep. Wow. Yeah, awesome. I know. Back to my roots. Back to my roots. Very happy. Yeah. And we're very happy too, because that means we'll get to see her more often. So yeah, (laughs) um, I just want to thank both of you for having this conversation with me today. Um, I love what we do. And I love that you have the staying power and that you have the vision to see that it is about the relationships. It is about us collaborating to get better together. And uh, probably why you've been around so long, because we think alike. So um, (laughs) you like what we do. You like what we do. So life is good. So we look forward to uh, continuing this relationship that you keep guiding our Latin department. And I'm super excited for the new courses. We'll show people some examples of some of the things that are happening in Latin, what makes it so relevant today. And Lauren, we're excited for you getting uh, finally found your house, moving to Pennsylvania. (laughs) Very exciting. So thank you for being with us today on We Do This Every Day. And Thank you so we'll much for having me. Yeah, we're so glad Thank to have you. you. And we'll be back next week um, when Lauren and Olivia have a takeover. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you're a guest or not, but listen in, folks. <laughs> listen in. Awesome. Thanks, Pat.